the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. There's a battle going on for the souls of men. The taste of war is ever dear. But I am safe within the arms of God's dear bride. She is the keeper of my soul. She is the church of Christ. I'll not Ladies and gentlemen, Rick Breidenbaugh of the Gospel Defender Ministries. The message that you are about to hear will encourage and equip all who have ears to hear to be Christians, clothed with the armor of a Gospel Defender. Ladies and gentlemen, in your Bible, you will find the phrase, it is written, written in many places. In Matthew 4 alone, it is written, is written four times. It is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. It is written. You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. It is written, You shall worship the Lord your God and serve Him only. Religiously speaking, when it comes to what we believe or what we do not believe, it makes no difference whatsoever what or where it is written if it is not written in the Word of God. Creed books, confessions of faith, and books of discipline mean nothing to us as far as knowing what God's will for our life is. These works of men do not have one thing to do with our salvation. There is no book but the Bible for the New Testament church that Jesus built. When it comes to our salvation, we want a It is written in the Bible to govern whatever we believe or whatever we do not believe. In this hour, we will not consider all of the it is written in the Word of God, as important as they are. In this hour, let us consider another little three-word phrase in the Word of God that is just as important as is the it is written. Let us consider a few of the places where it is written. It is better. As we said of the it is written, there are several of these it is betters. But we have time here to consider only a few. 
First, it is written in Psalm 118, verses 8 and 9. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in men. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princes. In these two verses of Scripture, we have two it is betters back to back. It is better, it is better. It is written that it is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in men, including princes. Of course, anyone who has ever had to labor with other people knows that this is true. It does not take very long for one to realize that only a few people have much honesty or integrity these days, and even a fewer number have any dependability. People find little wrong these days with lying, cheating, misrepresenting, or stealing. This seems to be the rule rather than the exception. As far as many are concerned, today's philosophy is, if you can get by with it, go ahead and do it. Knowing this leads me to echo the sentiments of the psalmist. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in men or in princes. Especially in the case of my salvation is this true. It is better that I trust in the Lord than to put confidence in men no matter what kind of man you may have in mind. But especially it is better that I trust in the Lord concerning what I must do to be saved than to put confidence in denominational men. I had rather put my trust in the Lord telling me that I am saved from my sins than to put my confidence in what modern-day denominational preachers would have me to believe. I had rather trust Jesus who said, He who believes and is immersed will be saved than to have confidence in a denominational preacher who says, He who believes is saved already and will then be immersed a week, a month, or a year later. I had rather trust Jesus who said, Unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God than to place my confidence in a denominational preacher who says, unless one is born of the Spirit alone, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. You do what you want, ladies and gentlemen, but as for me, when it comes to my salvation, it is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in men. I wouldn't give you a plugged nickel for the salvation some denominational preachers tell good folk they have in Jesus because there is not a nickel's worth of biblical evidence to what they claim to be truth. Anyone thinking they have salvation because water was sprinkled upon them when they were an infant or because they prayed a sinner's prayer at some prayer altar or because they got a funny, tinkling feeling inside and said, Praise the Lord! Simply is thinking wrong. Oh, I know some denominational preacher will tell you that you have salvation if you do and feel these things, but like the psalmist, for me, it is better to trust in the Lord. It is better to have a, it is written, it is better to trust in the Lord who said, Repent, and let every one of you be immersed in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. It is
is better to trust in the Lord, who said through Ananias, And now, why are you waiting? Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. It is better to trust in the Lord, who said, Baptism does also now save us. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in men or in princes. Second, it is written in Proverbs 21, verse 9, It is better to dwell in a corner of the housetop than in a house shared with a contentious woman. It is written in Proverbs 21, verse 19, It is better to dwell in the wilderness than with a contentious and angry woman. Ladies and gentlemen, who better than Solomon, who had 700 wives and 300 concubines? would uh, firsthand know the truth of these two proverbs. It is better to dwell in a corner of the housetop or in the wilderness than with a contentious woman or with an angry woman. There are many men in this listening audience, even though they are not Christian men, who would readily amend these inspired words of the Lord God of Israel if they thought they could say it without their wives hearing them. For some men, their castle is a catastrophe, and their home is a hellhole. Of course, I realize that in many cases, this holds equally true for many of the women in this listening audience, because of the lousy mate they married. But we are considering a few scriptures in which it is written, it is better. And in this case, Solomon wrote, it is better to dwell in a corner of the housetop or in the wilderness than with a contentious woman or with an angry woman. Ladies and gentlemen, peace is a wonderful state in which to live when you have not had much of it in your married life. And the truth of the matter is that there is less and less of it in the average home. And the reason there is a lack of peace in many a home across this nation and around this world is because the Prince of Peace who has ordained that the husband is head of the wife, as also Christ is head of the church, has been thrown out in favor of the prince of the power of the air, who has deceived, dismayed, deluded, and damned many a woman to believe that unless she is the five-star general in the house, she is in some way admitting to her husband, to herself, and to her ungodly feminist activist sisters that she is somehow inferior in the human race. In more and more homes across America, women are becoming less and less feminine. This is all attributable to a gross ignorance of God's will for the woman. A person who has no room for God in her heart certainly has no room for his will in her life. A woman who would rather occupy a man's place in this world is grossly ignorant of God's will for her life. A woman who would rather look like, talk like, dress like, and smell like a man is simply ignorant of God's will for her life. And pity the man who lives with one of these self-sufficient, arrogant, obnoxious female generals. What these men wouldn't give for just a little bit of peace in their castles.
God forbid that I remind women that the highest position to which you can ever aspire is the position of a homemaker, a mother, and a wife whose interest and ministry in life is to minister to the needs of her family. Tell this to a feminist activist and you will see why Solomon said, It is better to dwell in a corner of the housetop or in the wilderness than with a contentious and angry woman. Third, it is written in Ecclesiastes 7, verses 5 and 6. It is better to hear the rebuke of the wise than for a man to hear the song of fools. For like the crackling of thorns under a pot, so is the laughter of the fool. This also is vanity. Ladies and gentlemen, no one enjoys being rebuked, but because it is written in the Word of God, it is true that it is better to hear the rebuke of the wise than for a man to hear the song of fools. Of course, anyone who thinks about this very long will have to admit to its truth. A fool cannot help us in life, but a wise man can, even when he must do it by rebuking us. Certainly, we all enjoy being complimented, but there are those times as well that we need to be rebuked. This is one of the reasons the Word of God was given to us. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. The Word of God was given to us not to congratulate us on what fine people we are, we already know that. We don't need the Bible to tell us that the world is lucky to have us in it. The Bible, ladies and gentlemen, was given to us to reprove us and to correct us. Not only was the Word of God given to the church for this reason, but also was the evangelist given to the church for this same reason. Of course, this isn't his only task, but it is his task. It is the charge he received from the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the Word of God. The charge of the evangelist is to preach the Word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine. Rebuke, rebuke, rebuke. It is there in your Bible, 2 Timothy 4, verse 2, if you will only look at it. I know this isn't popular with the church. It certainly isn't popular with many a preaching brother. But there it is, in black and white. Preach, reprove, rebuke. The unpopularity of rebuking from the pulpit in the church has resulted in the unpopularity of repenting in the pew of the church. The preacher doesn't do much rebuking because, after all, he is paid by the people he is supposed to rebuke. The elders don't do much rebuking because, after all, if they do, they might raise a stink and create more problems in the church than they already have on their hands. The deacons don't do any rebuking at all because many of them know little, if anything, about the Word of God. Half the members on the church roll book don't do much rebuking because... They aren't in attendance enough to know what's going on and what needs to be rebuked in the church. 
Remember, preachers and elders and church members, wise Solomon wrote, It is better to hear the rebuke of the wise than for a man to hear the song of fools. For like the crackling of thorns under a pot, so is the laughter of the fool. This also is vanity. Fourth, it is written in Mark chapter 9, verses 43 through 48. If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter into life maimed rather than having two hands to go to hell, into the fire that shall never be quenched, where their worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. And... If your foot causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life lame rather than having two feet to be cast into hell, into the fire that shall never be quenched, where their worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. And if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. It is better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye rather than having two eyes to be cast into hell fire where their worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. Consider these sobering words, ladies and gentlemen. In spite of those who claim to be witnesses of his heavenly Father but who deny the hell about which the Son of the Father spoke, Jesus who believed in a hell, preached about a hell, and warned of a hell, said it is better for a man to die and enter into eternal life, looking like a pirate with a hook for a hand, a peg for a leg, and a patch over one eye socket, than to die and go to hell with both hands, both feet, and both eyes. It is better to enter into eternal life maimed, deformed, or handicapped, looking like some circus sideshow freak, than to enter into eternal damnation as a perfect ten or as a hunk. That is how horrible hell is. Now, if this is true of our physical bodies, and it is, how much more is this true of our physical possessions? In view of what Jesus said about our bodies, is it not also true? It is better for you to enter into eternal life living in a pup tent than having two vacation motorhomes than to be cast into hell. Is it not also true that it is better for you to enter into eternal life with a 12-inch black and white television than having two widescreen, remote-controlled, 80-inch color televisions than to be cast into hell? Is it not also true that it is better for you to enter into eternal life without owning a life insurance policy than having $2 trillion and to be cast into hell? Ladies and gentlemen, you and I live in a materialistic, possession-crazed world where our position in life is measured mostly by the things we have accumulated over the years. And yet, it is written, it is better that we enter eternal life having accumulated nothing than to depart this world leaving behind an accumulation of fortunes only to be cast into hellfire. Jesus asked, 
What will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? These are very good questions, but only hearing them will do you little good unless you realize there is only one answer to each of them. Nothing. Nothing is profited. Nothing can be given in exchange. It is a truth, and it is better for you to enter into life maimed, lame, and with only one eye than to be cast into hellfire. And finally, ladies and gentlemen, as Peter wrote in 1 Peter 3, verse 17, it is better if it is the will of God to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. Of course, we must note that this scripture is written to Christians. However, if lifted out of its context, it would also be true and could be said of all of us, no matter who we are, Christian or non-Christian, it is better to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. If we must suffer, it is a much more noble thing to suffer for good than for evil. Everyone suffers in some way and to some degree if they ever try to do anything in life. Most of us would agree that whether we do right or whether we do wrong, we are going to catch it from someone. Someone is going to criticize us no matter what we do or how we do it, even if it is the best that can be done. We need to look no further than to Jesus Christ. He was sinless. He was perfect. He was all righteous. But he was criticized from all sides. He was criticized for eating with sinners. He was criticized because of his family and his poverty. He was criticized because of the community in which he lived. He was criticized for his healing the sick on the Sabbath. He was criticized for working on the Sabbath. Whether you do right or whether you do wrong, you are going to receive criticism. But it is written, it is better if it is the will of God to suffer for doing good than doing evil. Right or wrong, you will be criticized. So why not do that which is right? Why not do that which is religiously right and let the criticism come? Why not become a New Testament Christian? Why not repent of your sins? Why not confirm your faith in Jesus as the Christ, the Son of God? Why not be immersed in water in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of sins? As a New Testament Christian, why not observe the Lord's Supper on the first day of each week, as did the church in the Bible? There will be people who will criticize you for becoming a Christian the Bible way, rather than a denominational way. And there will be people who will criticize you for wanting to remember Christ each Lord's Day around the Lord's Supper table. But remember, it is written, it is better if it is the will of God to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. And ladies and gentlemen, in this final case, it is better, it is much, much 
much better. There's a battle going on for the souls of men. The taste of war is ever near. But I am safe within the arms of God's dear bride. She is the keeper of my soul. She is the church of Christ. I'll not Ladies and gentlemen, Rick Breidenbaugh speaking, and you have just heard another Gospel Defender Ministries radio broadcast brought to you by the gifts of Christians and Churches of Christ who help us to preach all of the word to all of the world. Remember, thus saith the Lord, he who believes and is baptized will be saved. So find someone today who will immerse you into Christ today before it is everlastingly too late. If you would like to receive a written transcript or an audio copy of today's message, or be added to our mailing list for our bi-monthly Gospel Defender Journal, write to us today. All of these materials are free of charge with no obligation from you now or in the future. Our mailing address is Gospel Defender Ministries, Post Office Box 575, Chillicothe, C-H-I-L-L-I-C-O-T-H-E, Chillicothe, Ohio, 45601. You can also contact us through the World Wide Web at www.gospel-defender.org. We need to hear from you as soon as possible, so please, take the time to do it right now. And now until next time at this same time, our prayer is that you will be steadfastly set for the defense of the gospel. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.